Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, Alan Hickey is Associate Director of Advisory at Global Employment Law Consultancy Peninsula, and he's on the line. Good morning to you, Alan. Good morning, Joe. Are you a Garth Brooks fan? I'm not a massive fan myself. My wife's a big fan. I'd actually bought her tickets back in 2014, so I think she's still stewing over the whole affair. So do you think now that she, as a massive fan, will let bygones be bygones, and if you buy her a couple of tickets for the return shows, that she'll go? I feel I'm being asked to commit to buying a present here live on air, Joe. I'm being trapped. But uh, yes, I, I, I'm sure if I bought her tickets, she'd be trying to be first in the queue to get in. And would she say, by the way, you're coming with me, or does she have a friend who would be a bigger fan of Garth Brooks than you are? Oh, I'll be dragged along, Joe. I, I drag her to enough of my um, concerts that she doesn't like, so uh, I'm sure I'll get dragged along as well. So who is your favourite artist, Alan? Oh, uh, anything, anything with a bit of rock, really. Joe, right. like um, anything old school or Led Zeppelin, that kind of thing. I, I listen to anything, anything though, really, to be honest. Okay. Very good. Now, the reason you're with us this morning is actually because we want to talk about the remote working thing. First of all, there was a lot of talk maybe six or eight months ago that uh, working from home, remote working, hybrid working was the whole new thing and loads and loads of people were going to be doing it and loads of employers were happy to facilitate it. Has there been a shift in that thinking? in the last couple of months as we've started to come out of the pandemic, do you think? Well, from a government policy perspective, no. Um, the government is fully intent on introducing a statutory right for employees to request remote working. And they're also committing to having about 20% of public sector workers working remotely to, to set, I suppose, an example and a standard. But there, there will be a, a slow transition for private sector employers. You know, we're used to doing things a certain way for a long period of time. And it does seem to me that, that there is a little change in attitude. There is some employers who are embracing it and, and are more likely to do it, and particularly in the corporate markets, particularly in the tech sectors and so on. But your your, your normal SMEs um, are probably a little more reluctant to take that, that step because there's a cost involved with it and there's health and safety concerns and insurance concerns and all that kind of stuff. So but I mean, Alan, haven't they done a couple of interesting surveys of CEOs, you know, these constant kind of pulse monitoring surveys that they do and noticed very much a shift midway through the pandemic towards no one is ever coming in back into the office again and we can do it from home to a position now where it appears as though certainly a significant minority, if not a majority, are saying, oh, I'm not so sure now. Yeah, look, it's one of these things where it might have seemed very good in practice for both employers and employees, but then when they were faced with actually doing it and putting it into practice, some people are probably taking a step back. And, and like you said, Joe, there's some surveys are showing that there is a considerable minority of employers are maybe starting to scale it back in. But I suppose on the flip side of that, there are a number of employers who are going the other way and, and are fully embracing remote working. So. On that basis, you'd have to say that remote working is going to be on the rise. It was on the rise pre-pandemic by about 25% year on year. And it's going to keep on growing, I think, from this point on. And if the government were really serious about this, why would they only say that they're going to introduce a right to request it? Because obviously a request can still be rejected by an employer. Yes, well, you'll have the statutory right to request. But in in that respect, the employer will... 
I'm speculating now because we don't have the legislation or even draft legislation in place. But there's a recent consultation process and there's also similar rights in other countries that we can get an idea from. You would have to have a very good business reason for rejecting a right to request remote working. So, for example, it may be difficult for a car mechanic to actually perform their role remotely because you might need to actually, you, you would need to use the equipment that's at the mechanic's premises. You know, so there are certain businesses won't be able to facilitate it. Um, but other businesses that can facilitate it would need a very good reason to say no. Uh, and if they don't have that good reason, that would give the employee a, a cause of a, a claim to the Workplace Relations Commission. Um, and so and on that basis, it, it will be a fairly substantial right for employees. Right. Uh, we're chatting to Alan Hickey from Global Employment Law Consultancy Peninsula. And I presume the fact that in so many instances, so many companies were able to facilitate home working during the pandemic would mean that producing a business reason, depending on the role you're talking about, not to allow it in the future on request, will be even more challenging for the employer. Yes, yeah, you're going to have that. You're going to have employers who will have managed to work rather successfully for 20 months on a remote basis. And they're going to find it more difficult, like you said, Joe, to, to face that business case. Other employers will have found that the last 20 months has been very challenging we'll have, and will have ample amounts of data to say these were the difficulties that came up whilst we are working remotely. And on that basis, we're not going to facilitate your request. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. And, and unfortunately, when it comes to these statutory rights, inevitably we'll also start playing out in Workplace Relations Commission's claims. Right. And that's when we'll start getting some uh, some useful um, information from that, unfortunately, as well. And what's your sense of how quickly uh, this right to request will be on the statute books? Will be law here? Um, well, th- th- the aim was to have it in this year, um, but I'm not entirely sure if that's going to be the case because there's an awful lot of, uh, of you know, with, with the pandemic and still coming out of lockdown, the government, the legislature, the bureaucrats are all rather busy at the moment. So I wouldn't be surprised if it seeps into next year. Um, and also bear in mind that next year, Ireland under an EU directive also has a statutory, or has a, an EU obligation to introduce new rules on a right to request flexible working, which is a different thing altogether. And that's supposed to be in by August 2022. So I wouldn't be surprised to see next year the right to request remote working to come in. It's possible to come in by, by the end of this year, but I, I would suggest it's more than likely going to be next year. Uh, and also the right to request flexible working is likely to come in as well. Now, the flip side of this for the employee is how much monitoring is allowed if somebody is working at home. And first of all, what's legal? And secondly, what's technically possible now in terms of surveillance? Well, in terms of what's technically possible, you know, there's an awful lot of surveillance is possible um, as as the tech industry gets bigger and bigger and the technological advancements keep on increasing. So there's an awful lot of um of of monitoring options. You know, how often are you are you um typing on your excuse me, on your keyboard? Facial facial recognition using your webcam, all these different kinds of things are possible. And in terms of the, the question as to what is what is reasonable, what is legal, I think whenever you talk about employee monitoring, it kind of generates an image in your head of a big brother George Orwell style uh, monitoring and, and invasion of privacy. But I guess I think it's important to mention every employer would have a general entitlement and obligation to to monitor employees in terms of their productivity, for example, and sometimes a legal obligation to monitor employees, such as their working hours. We have to record working hours. 
So some monitoring will be required. The question is, what is reasonable? And it's up to each individual employer to to what to carry out what's called a data protection impact assessment to see. I want to carry out this monitoring. This is my justification for it. And is it lawful to do it? And is it fair? And is it necessary um, to do it in this way? When it comes to privacy, employee privacy, data protection, what's expected of you is that you intrude upon the employee's privacy in the least intrusive way possible to achieve your goal. Yeah, because one of the things that I've done a bit of both, you know, I've I've been in the studios and I work from home from time to time. And it's amazing the things you think of when you're working from home. For example, and I think this is a classic one that we've all considered, uh, what can people see on these Zoom calls, um, you know, on, on my wall behind me or where am I situated today or, you, you know. Yeah. And it it definitely breaks down the barrier between your public work side and your personal side. And that probably applies too to the sort of technology that might be used, the setup, the insurance, the costs, how much the company will bear of those and how much the company will have to take responsibility for your workspace, even though it's in your home. There's an awful lot of concern and, uh, from employers and this comes back to those surveys you were talking about earlier on in this call. An awful lot of concerns from employers when it comes to data protection concerns. You know, you, you have sensitive material in your possession as an employee and someone calls around for a cup of tea at lunchtime um, and that's just out on the table or you would have health and safety concerns where you might trip over something you know you're a child's toy that happens to be left around the workspace you're going to have insurance concerns that comes along with that and that's where a lot of the reticence comes from employers and that's forming a big part of the public consultation process with the government that's just concluded on the uh, the right to request remote work and these concerns are being explored at the moment um, and it'd be interesting to see what the, the government introduces. There's other concerns as well along with that is, you know, who's, who's obliged to pay for the cost of the equipment? Does the employer have to provide a like-for-like desk as, like, like you would have in the office and, and chairs and equipment? And, 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 and so crucially, on. Alan, do you think that that could be grounds, any of those things that you've mentioned, for an employer to refuse an employee's request? It seems very likely that excessive cost would be one of the grounds for rejecting an application and that it's going to have a an extra cost that will be damaging to the business. And if you look to the UK and New Zealand, for example, cost is one of the reasons why you could reject a, um, a request. And and just one one other key point here. Um, During the pandemic, during the emergency phase, was it an unspoken agreement between employers, employees, the government, the health and safety authority, that they wouldn't look too closely at some of these issues around home working. But that can't go on into the future. Well, I'm not sure if it was an unspoken thing to not look at it because the HSA were were, were quite active in, in, in exploring these things with employers. But, sorry, when I say the HSA, I mean the health and safety authority. But I do think the last 20 months has shown that there's an awful lot of issues falling out the side, like you just discussed, that does need further scrutiny and a close look. And there's going to need to be clear guidance, in my view, from the Health and Safety Authority, from the Data Protection Commissioner, and from the government on what's expected of employers. Because unless there's real clarity for employers, you're going to have a lot of resistance towards actually embracing the concept of remote working going forward, because they're, they're, their concern is managing your business and doing it in a safe and cost-effective manner. And It'd be interesting to see how this evolves over the coming months.
Okay, really, really fascinating stuff and definitely going to be very much on the agenda of lots of people listening over the next few months as well. Thank you very much, Alan Hickey, who is Associate Director of Advisory at Global Employment Law Consultancy, Peninsula. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.